This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of BXB. It's Bronx Baseball, the Yankees podcast from Odyssey and WFAN. And we are streaming live on Twitch if you are joining us here, along with my co-host, Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy, and our special guest today is Yes Network Yankees reporter Meredith Morakovitz. Meredith, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings from Walnutford, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Good morning. You're usually in some exotic locale, and this happens to be not quite as exotic. I mean, exotic in some ways. No, there are a lot of great cornfields around, which is really sweet to look at. You know, the sunrise is always beautiful. Get to hang out with my parents and my grandmother, Shirley, who's turning 100 next week. So if that's wow. not reason enough to come home, I don't know what is. The century mark? Yes. Happy birthday to her. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. 100 is fantastic. Um, there's, listen, there, Meredith, there's lots of things we wanted to get with you about and, and discuss with you. So uh, let's dive into it a little bit. Uh, we saw the first part of your interview with Hal Steinberg on the Yes Network earlier in the week. I believe tonight is part number two. Is that correct? That's correct, correct. All right. So listen, what were some of your takeaways? First of all, what are what are we going to see tonight? I know you don't want to give everything away because we want people to watch, but what are some of the topics that you get into tonight with Hal that people are going to want to pay attention to? Eric Handler would be so upset if I gave it all away, but we got to give like a little tease, right? Uh, we talk a little bit about how the organization has been run, their emphasis, of course, on the analytics side of things and also trying to have a perfect marriage between that and pro scouting and exactly where Hal thinks they're at in those areas right now and where he thinks perhaps there could be improvement. Also, just talking about the fan base, it is clear Yankees fans are not happy. They haven't been in a World Series since 2009. That's a fact that we don't all know. And he continues to talk about the family's commitment, both monetarily uh, and by providing all the resources to try to get this team back to another World Series and to winning another championship. So that's a lot of his message in the second half of the interview. But some of the things that stood out to me so far with the interview, obviously the conversation regarding Aaron Judge, Brian Cashman, uh, but just overall, I think a lot of times people look at Hal and say, he's not his 
is that he's not doing it the same way. And the reality of the situation is the game has changed a lot since George was the owner of the team. And there are a lot more teams with a lot more resources than there were back then. So you kind of have to go about things perhaps a little bit differently. Now, does that mean the fan base doesn't want him to go out there and spend buku bucks on Aaron Judge? No, I think they do. At the end of the day, they're still the Yankees. They still have a lot of money. They can still afford those major contracts. But I think they're trying to do things creatively in the sense of making sure they have a more rounded roster, well-rounded roster. Whereas we saw in years past, uh, going back to the 2021 season, there was really no balance in that lineup. So they tried to do something at the trade deadline this past year, a ton of swing and in, in that lineup. They tried to address that. Obviously, DJ LeMay, who was there and injured, but with Ben and at the deadline. So I think there's going to be more focus on contact hitters and more focus on, you know, a bit more well-rounded roster. Meredith, uh, I want to ask you about preparing for the interview with Hal Steinbrenner. Did you write the questions um, and how long was the whole like taping, the total time it took to record the interview? It was about 20 to 30 minutes. Hal is always extremely punctual. He was actually early for the interview. We were luckily ready to go. Um, And I kind of just sat down, went through some of the stuff that had happened since the postseason, made sure I read all the articles. I was obviously a part of a lot of those postseason interviews already. Uh, and was with the team the entire year and for the last 11 years. So it wasn't like I had a deep dive too far into certain things. I have a good handle and really know what's going on with this team. So, uh, yes, I wrote the questions. Um, We have a producer there on site. Should I miss anything or should something need to be kind of cleaned up a little bit? We will do that. But it was pretty straightforward in in the way I wanted to approach it and the way I I thought fans would maybe want to hear from the owner. I try to keep that in the back of my mind. What would the people want to know? What do people need answers to right now? Now, a lot of times, Keith, you know this, you can ask a question and people don't like the answer just because you asked the question and didn't get the answer that perhaps people would have preferred doesn't mean that the question wasn't asked. So um, that's always kind of a balancing act in making sure you ask the correct stuff and then also trying to follow up a little bit as well. Meredith, I've, I've, that's, I've used that explanation so many times to people when they talk <laughs> about things. It's like, uh, I can't, they say, why don't you ask them this? Well, first of all, I have, I Most can keep times. asking them, but you're not, I can't make them change the answer to your liking. So there's really no point in, you know, yelling at me to ask him this question because, you know, asked and answered as they like to say. Um, I, I think one of the things, Meredith, I don't even know how many years in a row you've gotten to do the season ender with Hal. Have you done it? Have you done one of them every year? Um, I think we might've taken a break 2020 pandemic year. We may have done it via zoom, but it's, it's worked out nicely. He is for the most part down in Florida as am I. So I'm able to scoot over to Steinbrenner field. And I want to say it's been at least the last five years. I I think so. Right. So I I guess what I, what I wanted to know is how you feel uh, like you, you get a little bit more closer access to how, even if it's the 20 or 30 minutes at a time, than most people do. So I'm wondering, like, how do you feel like his tenor has changed over these last few years? Because one of the number one questions that I get a lot is, you know, why doesn't he care as much as we do? Why doesn't he seem to be? And and you kind of address that because people equate caring to firing everybody and making big changes. And I know that's not the case, but I'm curious as as you see him just kind of like how he how he you know, mannerisms and how he answers the questions. 
over the last few years. Do you, can you give people a sense of like, yeah, he does care. He just shows it differently. Oh, I, maybe yeah, you I, think, I think he cares tremendously. I think he is bothered by the fact that this team hasn't found a way to win and why they haven't found the right formula to be able to get it done over the past couple of years. And I even think in this past interview, you see him maybe a bit more edgy than we've seen him in past years in the way he's answering the questions. And I think he really does not like necessarily the narrative um, that's out there right now that the Yankees don't care that they're cheap, that it doesn't matter if they don't win a championship, because I do not believe that that is the way that Hal Steinbrenner feels. And I don't believe that that's the way the Steinbrenner family feels. I think it's very hard to win a championship and do it year after year. We've seen the Astros go on this little bit of a run where they've had a lot of postseason success. But I think it makes you look back to the late 90s, early 2000s Yankees and just realize how special and how unique that was because it's not easy to do. That does not happen every day in this sport. And when you look at the last 10 plus years, that it's evident, it's evident that that was something that was so unique and so special that, you know, it's, it's tough to duplicate, but that is the model at which a lot of Yankees fans compare every Yankees team to. So when the bar is set so high, and I'm not saying it shouldn't be, expectations should be through the roof when it comes to the New York Yankees. When that bar is so incredibly high, trying to match that on a yearly basis is not easy. Something that stood out to me and I think other fans was that how kind of alluded to wanting to see Oswald Peraza and Anthony Volpe in the middle infield. Did he misspeak or was he trying to hint at a potential for them to be uh, the starting shortstop and second baseman or them both to be competing for the shortstop position? Uh, What did you think? I mean, I know it's produced. I know it's cut up and clipped, but you were right there asking the question. uh, How did that come off to you? I can tell you that was not produced or cut up that answer by any stretch of the imagination. And I, it did. I wasn't necessarily taken aback by it because we have seen a little bit of Peraza. We have seen a little bit of Cabrera. Cabrera has certainly played extremely well. Peraza, when given the opportunity, and it's an area where they'd like to see more. And I think it's very clear from the ownership side that they think maybe those guys can be impact players next year. And perhaps they are ready. I think they go into spring training with the plan. I think they go into spring training training with the idea maybe one of these guys can win that spot and I think you even go back to last year when you had you know major free agent shortstops on the market and I think some of the hesitation was well we have these guys in the pipeline we're not sure if we want to pull the trigger on a guy like a Carlos Correa now should they decide that these guys aren't ready what is the plan if you go into spring training thinking that those are going to be the options well then you're you know, you're backpedaling a little bit, but I think he firmly believes that those guys could be staples in the middle infield. If not next year, in the very near future, they are going to get significant looks. And I think the fan base is clamoring for him. And then from the perspective of these guys are young, they're exciting and they're cost effective. I think you look at that as well and say, okay, now can we do some other things? Can we go get more pitching? We're going to need a ton of bullpen help after last year. And oh yeah, what's happening with Aaron Judge? Yeah, we'll get to that. And, um, you know, Keith, I kind of read it the same way Meredith did in that, you know, these guys are going to get a chance 
but it would be a mistake, I think, to just jump right in and say uh, Oswald Peraza is a shortstop, Anthony Volpe is a second baseman, and that's that. I mean, you're asking for things to potentially go awry. I think we've seen you know, we've seen it happen when you rely too much on young, inexperienced players right away and ask them to do too much. But I, you know, I think Peraza's it's Peraza's job to lose in spring training and Volpe who only really touched triple a will get a chance to uh, get a finish off a little bit more seasoning and maybe join them at some point during the year is how I think it, it uh, ideally would play out for them. Um, But part of having a young shortstop is having veteran group around him and the Yankees made a pretty big move by bringing back Anthony Rizzo. Uh, having an experienced first baseman and a good defensive first baseman for a young, inexperienced shortstop is probably a very good thing, Meredith. And on top of that, you see this, I think, more than anybody. His impact in the clubhouse and his impact as a leader amongst that group. Um, you know, listen, they can call Aaron Judge the captain if they re-sign him. But Anthony Rizzo is probably, I would think, you know, the unquestioned leader of that team. Would you agree? He is a major, major voice in that clubhouse. And look, he's one of the guys that has been there before. He has won a World Series. The guys in that clubhouse certainly listen when he has something to say. And Sweeney, I'm with you. Like, this is a move that made a tremendous amount of sense to me. The only X factor or question mark that I would have about it is the back issues over the past couple of years. He said that is not an issue anymore. He believes that's behind him. That's something that we certainly will keep an eye on. Uh, But aside from that, he adds some balance to that lineup he's a guy who has a plan when he goes to the plate and we've seen the difference when he is not at first base he makes an impact there and then you mentioned the leadership in the clubhouse I think that's so valuable when you're trying to attain the ultimate goal having somebody that has been there before that is a voice a voice of reason sometimes uh, when things are going poorly because it's easy to get along when everything's going well especially the beginning of the season but when you have to overcome some adversity which in Inevitably, every season in some way you will have to come some type of adversity to have a voice like that in that clubhouse is invaluable. Yeah, I look at Rizzo as a guy that helped the Cubs win a World Series after 108 years. Can't be that much harder to get it done in New York. Um, <laughs> now, going back to Hal's conversation, right? Uh, I actually was on air at WFAN until 730 and I was able to get off and watched the interview as I was walking to the train and okay, the next were day screaming? were you screaming at the screen were you liking what you were hearing where were we no, at because I, I know you like, live and die with the with the pinstripes it's kind of like yeah all right crazy people on the subway talking to themselves that's what he was <laughs> if you were looking at me while I'm like what do you mean consider Aaron Judge's captain um so <laughs> the next day when I got on air I said man Actions speak louder than words. And now we're in this Twitterverse where there's fake accounts twisting some of Hal's words, right? Um, someone put out a, a quote from Hal where it was along the lines of something like, oh, we'll sign Aaron Judge if we have room. Um, there was another right. quote where they were kind of like embellishing on what he said and they're like, um, yeah, we got the money to sign Judge and we won't be outbid. Now, he didn't say that, but his actions speak louder than words to me. Because we also heard on Monday that the Astros were targeting Anthony Rizzo. He was their number one target. And immediately Hal's like, no, that's our guy. He's re-signed. And it was, for Yankees fans, 
I got on air the next day before they even finished my intro music. I was like, let's go Yanks. Like it was a big pick me up. So um, now we're going into this like uh, Aaron Judge sweepstakes. Rizzo makes us also feel like we're closer to landing Judge because we know they're friendly. Um, Can we speak more about the considering giving Aaron Judge the captain and um, also how Hal basically spoke about we're going to make other moves. We're not going to just wait on Aaron Judge. Like, did that come across as sincere? Like, hey, we have the money to sign Judge, but we're also going to be active in free agency while we pursue him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I mean, I think you need to fill out a roster. And, and Sweeney, we've seen over the years, like it's one of the most difficult things. And when you have this marquee free agent, one that you've made very clear, you want back for not only next season, but obviously many to come. He means so much to the fan base, obviously, they would be so disappointed if he's not in pinstripes next season, especially coming off the 2022 season that he had at the same time. Can you stall everything and then not land Aaron judge? Then you're in a world of trouble. So it is really, you know, I've used the term many times throughout this, a balancing act. That's one of the things that Brian Cashman, who still to my knowledge has not officially signed a contract, um, (laughs) uh, you know, has to, has to deal with in, in saying and having those conversations, Hey, we want you, we want you, we want you. But at the same time, we can't hamstring ourselves where we don't have a serviceable roster if for some reason this doesn't work out. Like there could be a team like the San Francisco Giants, even the Dodgers that go out there and just absolutely blow him out of the water. And the Yankees say, like they did with the Robinson Cano, okay, like we're just not doing that. That just doesn't make sense for our future. I think they're going to do everything they can to get Aaron Judge just because of the things I mentioned. At the same time, when you're in free agency, you never know. Everybody thought Freddie Freeman was just going to be a brave, a brave for life. That's not what happened. Yeah. And uh, I think the Yankees are kind of in in an interesting spot here, Meredith, because, you know, we entered the baby bomber era in 2017, trying tried to ride that through. You mentioned earlier, like what an advantage it is to have young cost control players. And that's what the Yankees were trying to get through and win championships with that group. Uh, but now they've left that cost control uh, era uh, with the, that group of players. And obviously Aaron Judge is going to cash in. We've seen, you know, Gary Sanchez got jettisoned in part because he started making too much money for the produ- production he was uh, giving. Glaber Torres might find himself in that same boat. But the Yankees are probably in a spot here where 
we haven't seen in almost 10 years because when you mentioned Robinson Cano, it was that same offseason where they signed Tanaka and Ellsbury and McCann and Beltron, right? They went full force. They we talked hard. Yeah, they went yeah, and Gervis Solarte they signed too. Remember that? <laughs> but we were talking about, you know, people talk about 2009 as being the last time they really spent hard with Sabathia and Tashera, but they tried it in 2014 too. It just didn't end in a parade. So I'm wondering if, you know, if you're kind of getting the sense, maybe, you know, in you know, part of your conversation with Hal that because it can't just be Aaron Judge, that maybe they're on to this part where they know they have to maybe spend a little bit more or maybe they're not going to compete with the Dodgers and the Mets and try to outbid each other. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I think you certainly have to weigh all your options. I think they will spend money this off season. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I don't know that they'll pivot that hard uh, as they did in that 2014 season. What you didn't like the Ellsbury contracts like <laughs> work out for you or well, anything. He's got the Ellsbury Jersey in the background. Let's get 22 back there. Yeah. He was a lovely man, but man, that was one that just did not work out. And even when it happened, it was a bit of a head scratcher of like, Wow. Okay. This is the direction they're going. Interesting. Red Sox. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think there's a plan. I do think they realize that they need to spend money. I do think there's somebody across the way that is going to continue to spend money. And I think that probably puts a little bit of pressure on the Yankees to, to be that team that goes out and gets some marquee players. And, you know, at the end of the day, the only person that knows where Aaron Judge is going to land is going to be Aaron Judge. Now, I'm hosting his charity event tomorrow alongside Susan Waldman. Uh, so I'll certainly ask him what he's going to do. He's not going to tell me, but hey, I'll ask the question, right? Uh, maybe give you the answer that everybody wants, Meredith. I don't yeah, care. I the question 14 times in a row if you have to. He'll be like, you are now cordially uninvited to host this event tonight. Uh, but it should be a fun one. But uh, I know that's going to be the topic of conversation. Guys, I have to tell you, it's so crazy. People are so in on this. I was coming back from, oh, God, I don't know, one of, one of the 97 trips that I've taken within the last three weeks. And twice we had people from TSA just say, hey, I knew that was you. What's up with Judge? Is he signing? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Anywhere you go, people want to know. And unfortunately, I don't have all that much more to tell them other than they're trying. They want him. They are hopeful that he is back and in right field for a very, very long time. Yeah, you're stealing that out of my playbook. I do this exact same thing. It's, uh, yeah. that's, this is what happens, Keith, you know, I, and I think I'm, you, you probably found this too. They're going to ask you all the same questions. You got to prepare for all the same answers. <laughs> they don't ask me anything. I'm usually ducking and running and out of there. But um, So, uh, and judge is just going to say to you, Meredith, he's going to say, yeah, yeah, you know, well, uh, we're going to see how things play out and he's not going to give you any kind of answer. He's earned that. This is his yeah. one chance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and along those lines, I've been speaking about how Aaron Judge has hit free agency after this 62 home run, uh, you know, chase for the triple crown, huge year. And he owes it to the Players Association and the people coming after him to test free agency and actually go around, see how much he can get, how much he's worth and sign the biggest deal. Like that's part of it. Uh, these players fought for free agency, fought to be able to do this. And now uh, Ken Rosenthal's article comes out last night while I'm on air around like a 1030 or 11. And there's talk about 
I guess, tampering. It's uh, MLB investigating the Mets and Yankees for improper communication about Aaron Judge. And you had your interview with Hal Steinbrenner. You couldn't ask this question. But I think it's kind of interesting because most of the hosts, even like our Mets fans host at WFAN, they've stopped talking about the Mets getting Aaron Judge because there was kind of like a handshake deal that we knew of between Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen. Hey, you're not going to go after Edwin Diaz. We're not going to go after Aaron Judge. You're not going to go after Jacob deGrom. Like, we'll do you a solid type of thing. Uh, I guess now the question for you is, what do you think is going to come from this? Do you think there's going to be, like, I don't know how it works. And, Sweeney, you can weigh in, too. Like, does the Players Association, in conjunction with the MLB, work with them to investigate this and then punish the Yankees and or the Mets? Like, I don't know. This is like in the NBA when they have tampering, um, you can lose draft picks. You can get fined. But I don't know what comes of this. I don't know. I think it's going to be a great topic today for New York radio because it's Mets and Yankees fans coming together like, hey, we're in trouble. Now we're in it together. Go ahead, I was going to say, now we're in it together now. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it is certainly a touchy subject. That certainly was not necessarily out when – uh, I had done that interview, but we are not going to know for, I'm assuming, quite some time what the findings will be of that. And Sweeney, I'm sure you can weigh in a little bit more, but, you know, any player wants every team involved and it is their right to have every team involved. So certainly serious allegations. And I think, listen, and it's something that I, I talked about last week uh, is that, you know, when when you hear even whispers that there is some sort of handshake agreement, well, the players are usually going to say, that sounds very collusiony to me, okay? Yeah. And that's a history lesson that everybody needs to know uh, because of how seriously damaged uh, the relationship between owners and players. I mean, it has everything to do with all the animosity that we saw a year ago. Uh, it, you can trace it all back to, you know, there is not a lot of trust between the two groups, which is why it ended up where it did. Um, you, you're not allowed to depress this. This goes back to even not that far back either. Remember when Brian Cashman said the Yankees were not in on Bryce Harper because they didn't need an outfielder. And the very next day he said he backtracked it by saying we're a fully operational death star. It's because it is written into the CBA collective bargaining rules that you are not allowed to depress a player's market. Um, you know, you can't say you're out. You can, you don't have to bid on him, but you can't publicly say we're not interested because that affects the player's market. So that's why you get a lot of these weird answers where nobody really answers the question because they're legally not allowed to. And I haven't seen Ken Rosenthal's piece yet, but Keith, this is the kind of thing that you're talking about. You're not allowed to bring a player's market down. And when the Mets say they're not if they even hinted that they're not going after Aaron Judge or if the Yankees even hinted they're not going after Edwin Diaz. And they never really had the opportunity because he signed within that uh, early window. Um, you're you're bringing the players' market down. The players' union, I know for a fact, had paid attention to that even before any of us did. Yeah. Um, Meredith, this event with Aaron Judge, um, tell us a little bit more about it. I know I've seen the um, uh, I've gotten emails about virtual. People can still attend virtually. Is that still a thing? I believe it is. I think they are completely at capacity when it comes to the physical event, but I knew there was a virtual component uh, and there will be a question and answer session with Aaron. I know a bunch of his teammates are going to be there. As I mentioned, Baldwin will be there 
with me. And uh, yeah, like I said, I know the question is going to be asked and we'll see how it's answered as to whether or not he's going to find himself in New York next year. So it is tomorrow. I am not going to tell you where it is, but you can probably find that out. And it should be a fun time. All Rise Foundation uh, yes. for Aaron. All Rise yeah, I don't get the invite. Uh, let us know how the vibes are. Let us let us know if it looks like Aaron Judge wants to still be a Yankee and uh, how he's vibing with his teammates. Um, like how far are we diving into this? If he shows up in a pinstripe suit, do I take that? <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, this nah, is definitely. You know, he's he's a leader. He's the man. He's the guy. You you would never be able to tell anyway. He's so like straight faced and uh, stoic at times. He's he's great, but um. Here's two questions that I have for you. Let's pretend you're Hal Steinbrenner, because these are two questions that I would have liked to ask uh, Hal if I ever got the chance. So uh, one of my favorite moments from Hal in the last year was us watching the lockout and they're monitoring who's walking over from each side to the other side. We're getting tweets like play by play from the different um, reporters that were out there. And it was like one of the last nights before the lockout ended. And the first person to get in his SUV and get out of there was Hal Steinbrenner. So the first question is, what was going on, Hal? What what what, what went on? Were, were they ordering more pizzas? Did they run out of coffee? What was it that made you decide, hey, I'm gonna prioritize my sleep? I'm getting out of there. Uh, maybe all of the above. I have no idea what was going on there. I just know from the reporter's perspective and Sweeney, I know you followed a lot of this as well. The um, the attempts at ordering pizza to that contingent just seemed to fail on a daily basis. And I don't know why it was so hard, but it seemed like they were all tired and hungry. But we thank them for their coverage during that time. <laughs> OK, here's the second part. Now, uh, there's a, a lot of conversation this offseason about the fans booing the players on Derek Jeter night. You walked out with a check for Derek Jeter's foundation. And as soon as you crossed the first baseline, you were booed. How, how did you deal with that? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked that. Cause you're going to hear that in part two, Mr. McPherson. You will hear that in part two of the interview, <laughs> a question that had to be asked and a question that really is on the fans' minds. Hey, do you hear it? You hear it. Does it mean anything to you? Does that bother you? How do you feel about that? Does that make you want to change the way you operate or do business? So you'll have to tune in. I think we will. Yes, Network Hot Stove uh, Edition. It's coming up Thursday night. I think it's 6 o'clock on Yes Network. Is that right, Meredith? I believe we are 6 today, yes. It it jumps around a little bit. And then obviously it's on all the socials, on the Yes Network socials, on your socials, everything everything gets posted and clipped after that, right? Yes, 100%. Fantastic. Um, listen, I i mean, we could go on with you for a long time. Maybe we'll just have you back later in the off season. Keith, you have anything else uh, in the interim for right now for Meredith? No, obviously, Meredith, I'm a big fan. Uh, got to meet you a couple times this year. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You're great. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Sweeney, if you can find me, I can join you. But you know me, I'm jumping around a lot this offseason. I'm telling you, it's I mean, I think the, you know, what, maybe 24 hours after the season ends, like it's, you know, where in the world is Meredith Morakovitz is the game that we're her and Susan Waldman need a Yes Network show where they go to different places and try different foods and uh, different tourist attractions. Uh, I don't know what they'll call it. Susan, Susan and Meredith. And yeah, just, come on. We, they don't need a show for that. That's Meredith's Instagram. They're oh, already doing it. That's what I'm saying. The yes Network can send a camera crew and a producer to get that done. 
I think it would be a hit. And uh, Susan and I have been dreaming for a long time that we're going to take a trip to Alaska and do dog sledding. So I feel like, man, that will pilot episode. That's the pilot episode right there. That would definitely be part of it if we ever get the show done. But we have talked about it. It is a possibility. And we will keep you posted. That's fantastic. Uh, Meredith, listen, thanks for all the time this morning uh, getting up for us. And happy birthday to your grandma. Um, Fantastic. Celebrating 100. Man, that's uh, that's amazing. Hope everybody has a great time. We'll watch for the interview on Yes Network. And it's obviously, it'll be, as I said, we post on all the socials. Part two of the interview with Hal Steinbrenner. And have fun and good luck. Tell Aaron we said hi tomorrow night at the uh, All Rise Foundation dinner. And hopefully we'll get to see a lot of him for the next, I don't know, six, seven, eight, or nine years. Sliding <laughs> scale. Forever, yeah. forever. He's forever a New York Yankee. Mary, right. thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Right, have a great day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.